0: Section 57 of Anecdotes of Big Cats and Other Beasts This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tatiana Chichilla, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Anecdotes of Big Cats and Other Beasts by David Alec Wilson Charlie Darwin or the Lady Gibbon Part 11 Filial Feeling It is a common remark of japanese philosophers applying western science to their eastern histories that filial affection is unknown to the beasts and the last feeling to develop in spiritual evolution and consequently the first to deteriorate that is how they have been known to explain the moral inferiority of western civilization for as lawyers on legal political questions do always of course in their perfectly honorable manner adapt their legal principles to their politics so do philosophers unconsciously shape theories to suit their national prejudices why not a man whose trade is words can find reasons for anything but a man who cares for nothing but the truth soon learns not to theorize beyond his knowledge however i never quarrel with anybody least of all with the philosophers they can either stretch their theory or else say charlie was not a beast one or the other of these two things they must do When they know how she convinced her skeptical master that she loved as a dutiful child and was utterly devoted to the lady who had received and fed and protected her, master's wife. A little girl who risks her life for her stepmother is sure to be well furnished by nature with filial piety. Many were the experiments made to test this, as soon as time enough had elapsed to let filial affection germinate in Charlie, if the germ of it were in her. My wife had long been sure of it, but I was doubting yet, when an indisputable experiment settled the question in Charlie's favor, and so, perhaps, gave her a place in history. By the happiest of inspirations, one morning, my wife began crying and sobbing while Charlie was still within hearing, at the other end of the house, but not yet outside the eaves. "'Pretend to slap me,' she said, and make a noise. I obeyed, and Charlie heard.' swift as a flash she reappeared on the partition wall between the bedroom and the dressing-room and moving restlessly upon it with arms now and then uplifted in distress she ooed at the top of her voice and made hideous grimaces at me and uttered guttural grunts we had never heard before quite german or path in accent noises that seemed to emanate from the deepest depths of her being by the help of a mirror i could see her without directly looking at her Finding threats and expostulations unheeded, she took a leap of more than two yards, and landed on the curtain-poles of the bed. I could not then pretend not to see her, but, to her horror, I heeded her no more than before. Then she made another big leap, and landed on my shoulders, and, as I felt before I felt her feet, clapped a hand upon each eye. If it had been serious fighting, as she believed it was, she might have had my eyes out before I was aware of her movement. So quick was she, like a needle." At least she could have blinded me for the moment, at the probable cost of her life. She had, in fact, in her desperation, for my wife's sake, ventured to try the identical feat that Ulysses practiced on the cannibal monster Polyphemus, whom he blinded in his cave. If one reflects that she could hardly have weighed a stone, and the man she attacked was rather above than below the average of men in size and weight, one cannot refuse to her the praise that properly belongs to a Jack the Giant killer or tricky Ulysses. That she was generally timid, as was natural for her size and sex, merely clenches the argument about her filial feeling. Say, if you like, that it was excitement, half hysterical, that did it. What caused the excitement but her devotion? Luckily for myself I had been watching her closely. My hands were on her little wrists in a moment, and no harm was done, and my wife's caresses soon composed her. I would gladly have repeated the experiment oftener than was allowed, which was only after long intervals about twice, and on every such occasion the whole drama was rehearsed, The small spontaneous performer never failing to make her death defying leap. And every time she did it, she was rewarded not with tit bits only, but with what children dearly love a pleasant sight. My wife thrashed me. Then Charlie laughed. She rolled from side to side as she sat on the partition wall, as if unable to contain herself. She ooed approval and danced for joy. End of section fifty seven. Recording by Tatiana Chichilla, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania.